Welcome to the Growing Your Financial Business, The Woman's Way podcast. I'm Robin Crane, and I was a financial advisor for over a decade. But before that, I was a singer-songwriter. And now, even as a mom of three with a teenager, toddler, and a baby, I run a seven-figure business helping women in financial services grow their businesses and make a bigger impact. In this podcast, I'll bring you financial advisors, industry influencers, and highly successful entrepreneurs to give you innovative strategies designed for women. So get ready to learn how to get in front of the right people, get more ideal clients, and be able to grow your ideal business so you can live your ideal life. Welcome to Growing Your Financial Business, The Woman's Way. I'm here with Missy Galang. And Missy is an MBA and has been at the forefront of the marketing industry for over 13 years. And I want you to tell us more because you've worked with hundreds and hundreds of brands. I know you're really amazing when it comes to marketing, especially in the startup space. And I know our listeners are really interested, especially how to market themselves. And so how have you done it? Tell us actually a little bit about, you know, what you've done in the companies. I know right now you're, you're working um, on the startup called Rent Moolah, right? Yes. Tell yeah, us that's a little right. about, bit about your background and uh, we'll go from there. Yeah. Oh, and, and thank you for having me on the show. Um, this podcast, I, I love podcasts. I'm a podcast girl. So it's, it's, it's great to be here. <laughs> um, yeah. So I've been in advertising and marketing for over 13 years. Like you said, I started off working with advertising agencies. Um, I grew up in the Philippines, so I spent a good amount of, of my time there. And what that did was it allowed me to be able to uh, work with multiple brands. Like I can't even count. And I, it's really focused on Give us some big um, ones. So like they can be like, ooh, ah. Oh yeah, I've worked a little bit. So in the Philippines, I've worked a little bit with with McDonald's, and that was fun. I worked with um, Honda. Um, those are the big ones. A lot of big, large local um, companies there, like the largest telecom companies. Um, yeah, I've, I've done everything from beauty. I've worked with Nestle, a lot of Nestle brands. Um, um, I work with everything from consumer packaged goods to cement. So <laughs> a wide range there. Um, and I really, as I was in the creative space and I really wanted to be more in like a strategic marketing role. Um, so I got lucky and, and got a scholarship to get my MBA in Massachusetts and I've never I'd never been to the US at that point but I was like oh, I'm not gonna you know I'm not gonna give up free education and so I just packed everything up and and went and it was too cold over there so now I'm in San Diego <laughs> and in San Diego you know startups are, are really um, big here and so that kind of just naturally brought me into the startup space I've worked with at least three different startups here two of them in the fintech space one of them in in e-commerce and they've uh, they've all been um successful and i know startups have a, a very high you know fail rate i guess so i guess um i i wouldn't credit myself but <laughs> but that was that's been an interesting ride and and it seems like you know i i've gotten a lot of experience in terms of how to get the most out of like small budgets or how to make the most out of um, you know, you're starting off with, you know, an unknown brand um, and then kind of growing it from there. Awesome. I'm really interested in, like I tell my clients that beliefs influence behaviors, behaviors influence success or results, which again, influence behavior. I usually show it like as this like infinity sign, right? Yeah. And yeah. so I was talking about to the, some of the ladies uh, recently and saying, well, then if we 
we as you know financial advisors or as business owners and we're trying to target someone and get them to take action which is a behavior like we have to shift their beliefs right we have to target their beliefs i don't know if you think of it that way but then i think like what what drives that belief is the messaging right and there's so much yeah. i think like lost in in the financial industry insurance industry about messaging like i feel like that word does not even exist right it's like what yeah. is messaging? like yeah. i don't teach you about messaging it's like just go pound the pavement dial for dollars so like from your experience yeah. with advertising and marketing like i i yeah. really feel like that is very much lost in in the, in the industry like what can you give these women that would help them better find like who they're looking for and get them to actually do what they want them to do in a way that's of course like transformational, not just like trying to get clients. Yeah, um, it, it, you're absolutely right there about it's it's about the message, it's about the story, and I think this has been like an evolution in branding in general, where you know there's just so many products out there in every industry that what makes you stand out is no longer your features it's kind of your your belief and and your your mission or what your process or what it, you know it, it's always like what's in it for the customer right and so what i think even you'll see it everywhere even with consumer goods like if a brand stands for something um people tend to latch onto that because they i mean these days people want to support brands that they completely believe in um, so I think it, it's really important to start there and that's kind of uh, has always been like my strong suit in terms of branding is the storytelling. So I know it sounds fluffy, but like we've seen a lot of success in doing that. It, it, and you have to be kind of really look at what you believe in and, and really tie it in together. Don't just make up a story, you know, for example, like, you know, in FinTech, I, I worked in a, in the first company I worked for was an investment company. and you know, they want to democratize investing and open up investing to everybody. There's a lot of underserved communities there. Um, and, you know, it, to me, I kind of saw that as, you know, for, you know, a vast majority of women don't invest, even very successful women. It's just like mentally not like our, our space. And so, um, and so like that was kind of what the company was about. I believed in it. I was able to tell that story. So it's really coming out with that first, I think really like laying down the groundwork of what what is what is your mission and like identifying who you serve because more often than not, you know, then people will connect with you in a deeper way. Yeah, I love that. That is everything. And I think that again is very, very missed because there's a lot of I would say industry talk about just they don't say casting a wide net, but what they tell people to do is just kind of, you know, try to get yourself out there and work with everyone. But what you just said to me is everything like know who you serve. And I think that stresses yeah. people out a lot too. Like, it's like, well, I don't know, yeah. like I want to work with this person, but then this person, but I can help everybody. It's like, yeah. Um, what is your take on like, well, how do you determine like who is the best person to serve? And I, I say person, cause for me, like I think of it as I, I have this idea of clone your best client. Like you take a client yeah. you want yeah. to clone, and then you just, you think of that one person. Cause I can't develop messaging worth crap unless like I'm thinking about the one person. If I think of two people, yeah. I'm screwed. If I think of one person, I really think get in their head. That's why I guess they say avatar and all that stuff. But I'm thinking of one yeah. person and then I can get some pretty good messaging. Um, but I think people get stuck on that. Like, like, you know, freaking out about it has to be perfect. You know, women in general, like we have to be perfect. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. How could you yeah. give advice about that? Because that's, you have so much experience in such a bigger realm 
Um, how can you take that to like someone who's more running their own small business and just, you know, wants to get clients, those, those ideal clients? Yes. So I know like and there are tools and I can, I can share um, these tools that are free online that you can search to help them through this exercise. But it's really, I think you start off with kind of what you believe in as, as a company or as a brand or as a, you know, a service provider and then really lay those out. And then, you know, it's, it's difficult Like you know, I, in marketing, I would always say, um, there's not a formula. There really isn't like, um, I've learned that, that, you know, there is no magic bullet. You just have to experiment even with your target audience. So you kind of put your message out there. You have an idea of who you want to serve, um, and who you think your messaging will, um, resonate with. And so you put it out there, you kind of experiment with, you know, figure out what channels do these people, you know, what are the channels that these people might be in and then um, slowly gather that data of who's responding to your message, who does it um, resonate with and just slowly, you know, it may take months. Um, so what I do is like I, I, I tend to with startups, I tend to every month, every month I have a different experiment of like what channel I'm using or what, who I'm partnering with. And like, and then, you know, you, you don't know, you just have to be comfortable with failing a little bit, but you, you know, they say fail fast and learn from it and like move on and like, uh, you know, accept it when it, when it doesn't work and, and move on to a different channel. So I, I think it's, it's there. That is part of the experimentation is, is finding the people who kind of resonate with your message. Cause it is a two way relationship, you know, but you, you always like have to start with, what is it that you're really good at and who do you think that it, it would serve best? Cool. I love that. Can you give me an example of a time when you did fail fast? Like I know, you know, we always talk about all these successes, like you have a lot of successes. Oh my gosh. Like, there's so many. Like, wow. Oh God. <laughs> Where do I start? But, but it's like, I really do. I get, this is in my head all the time. Like, but seriously, it's like so ridiculous, but like what doesn't kill you gets, it makes you stronger. Like I seriously believe that. And I feel like yeah. that we women are, are, typically not taking as much risk, you know, we're holding back because we're afraid of failing. Like there's a lot of fear, especially now in the environment with the pandemic, like there's so much fear and uncertainty that I've been talking a lot about leadership and how more than ever, it's so important for us to step up, but there's a lot of fear, right? And, and we have to embrace that fear because you, those of you listening here, you and I, and those of you listening are, are the leaders and we need you guys to fail fast. So give us an example. So we know yeah. that it's okay. You can survive it. If Missy can survive yeah. it, if oh I gosh! Yeah. <laughs> well, I think there's there's ways also to like fail cheaply <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> to make you make you comfortable about it. So it, it's almost like you know set like a small budget for experimentation, and like when you kind of start, you don't know what's gonna work. And so um, yeah, that's what I always said. Well, what did I fail with? Um, well, I always thought you know when I came into the startup world. I've always thought like, um, you know, let's set the branding and we have to all do it perfect right from the get go. And this is how you do it. And it's a typically a, a long process to come up with your brand. And so like one big failure I had was like, I spent all this time trying to build this brand and doing the full exercise of it. And, and then that brand just completely flopped like it, it people didn't care about it and I was like but I did the exercise and it, it's almost like you're stuck in a room trying to strategize without going out there and testing things and I learned it very quickly from uh, one of the people I worked with that was like one of my first um, 
uh, roles in a startup company, they would say like done is better than perfect. And so, I mean, yeah. And so, uh, you know, it's hard to say that especially, but I think it's really helpful when you're, you're starting off. And if they say, if you're not ashamed of your first product, then you didn't do it right. Because, you know, you start off with like a really horrible thing and you just kind of go from there and evolve. You can't be, I think that's a lot of um, what women face. You're right. It's like, we need it to be perfect all the time, but it's like, you know, things can change. You can, you can change things. It's fine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I feel, I, I just experienced, so I think a lot of, I, I'm not sure, but I think a lot of women, at least when I was a financial advisor, I wasn't investing that much in actually like marketing dollars at, at the beginning. Like it was more like the investment was more like into my licenses and into, you know, yeah into all the tech and the the software and it was like we had plenty of expenses but then some you know sometimes then you get to a little bit higher level and then you're investing more into seminars right and they're traditional mm-hmm. boring ass excuse my i'm saying that my website yeah. <laughs> do what i want right um, oh, um cool. yeah. you know that it's like it's so it's so the same old thing and the fact that you're saying brand like the word brand like i feel like is typically even missed it's like we're, you know, if you're into a company, uh, like whether it's Merrill Lynch, Edward Jones, um, you know, LPL, whatever, oftentimes you just assume to take on their brand, but like you are your own brand. And I know people talk yeah, yes. about personal brand. And I think that's so yes. important because in order to serve people at the, the highest level, you don't know, you got to know who is that person. And then you got to try things and whether it's with your dollars or with your time, I think, you know, oftentimes time is more valuable than even the, mm-hmm. the small, small dollars, you know, but yeah, it's just, um, you know, once you start advertising, you get to learn very fast. You can fail very fast because you're, you actually get the learning. Is this not, yeah. yeah. They yeah. don't respond. I just dropped like, uh, I, I'm doing this challenge as I mentioned to you before we started rolling and I dropped, um, like the first day it was like, well, within like 24 hours, $5,800. And for some people that sounds like a lot. And for some people it doesn't, but for me, I was like, holy moly, like that, that was a lot. And it didn't work. You know, I had like yeah. you know three, four conversions and I'm like, okay, so the message is not been received. Like this yeah, is just like, not, no. <laughs> like, freaking out, but I failed fast, you know, just like we're talking about. And I was, I was scared and I was freaking out, but I was like, I didn't say stop. I said, keep going. Let's just tweak it. And we tweaked it and we made it work and it ended up working. It was all good. But I mean, it's scary. It's scary when you're doing with your dollars. And then some people are, you know, so scared to do, you know, take those risks with their, their money that they just spend time. And that time could be years of time. They don't even know they're really failing because they're barely getting ahead. They're struggling or whatever versus taking those risks. So I think in general, whether it's money or time or energy or effort, I think just, just to get ahead fast, you got to be taking risks. Like, can you tell me about like some, I don't know, risks you've taken and then a little bit about the company. I know I, I was curious also about just like the women's footprint, like in some of these companies, but yes. I know you, you talked a lot about, um, you know, being involved in male dominated industries with FinTech and whatnot. So touch upon that in regards to how you've taken risks in more male dominated industries and really how even, you know, you've, you've been successful at it, despite the fact that there's been some setbacks. Yeah. So, you know, I, I have a lot of things going for me. I'm like a woman minority. I look very young and I'm tiny. I'm 4'11". I always say I'm five flat. So it's very difficult for people to take me seriously as a leader, I guess, just initially. Um, but I think from my background, I grew up in the Philippines where, uh, you know, it's very common for, for women to be in executive positions. It's actually one of the um, top companies 
surveyed by like a women in business report where we Filipino women just hold top leadership roles. My mother was like a, a business owner with her sisters and uh, my dad had his business, but he stayed home most of the time with me, took me to school and everything. So this was all like, and that's me for like 29 years until I moved to the US and I'm like, oh, this is a challenge that I have never thought I had to deal with because I never had to think about it. Um, so it, it was interesting. And so, well, to me, I guess I just have that natural tendency of just saying you, you can't tell me what not to do. <laughs> like, I'm just very competitive. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I, I think at that point where I kind of left my country without ever going to the U.S., that was just a risk in itself. And so I figured I'd just go all in. And not, it's not easy. There, it, you know, it, it took a while for me to get here. Like I had to take, you know, pay cuts and, and things like that just to get um, like a job. And, and eventually, you know, I think it's just really seeing the opportunity and knowing when to cut your losses and things like that. And so, you know, those are some of the challenges. And it, it is very different to be in a male-dominated um industry is culturally culturally very different like it's really not the work that makes it hard it's more of the little things like when you're in the room and they always use like sports analogies and things like that to explain things which like I'm not saying women don't like sports I just don't <laughs> and so so I'm like I'm just like I don't understand what you're saying can you explain that without using sports or whatever and, and what I've noticed happened is like you know women tend to go in there and try to mimic what their culture is and and for me and not that it, it's wrong but like my approach has always been to be like completely honest as to what I can bring to the table and what I don't understand and people just tend to really um you know want to help and and so that's what I found so I think if you're just transparent and, and like say oh you know what I, I don't understand that can you uh you know help me out here um so that's, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I think that's very rare, like you said. And I know when I first started as a financial advisor back in the day, I was 29 years old and I was trying to, like, I didn't want to look stupid. I didn't want to say I didn't yeah. understand. I didn't want to put myself out there in that way because I already felt like I was kind of behind. I already felt stupid and that was all in my head. But yeah. still, like, you know, we have these insecurities and oftentimes we're not so bold. It's funny because you, when I first started as a financial advisor, I was working with this woman who um, she was, so I was 29, I think she was 24, also Filipino. Um, okay. I'm bringing that up because, oh my gosh, the confidence that she had, like we would be in, I don't know if it was really the bullpen, like as they call it, but like we had like our desks close together and we were, I mean, it was an independent firm, but still like it was dialing for dollars and we'd have like on our sheet, like who we were going to call. And so my desk was next to hers and we were the two women in the office. There were about 10, you know, and a lot of them, it was like, they were just coming in, people were coming and it was like survival of the fit. It's like kind of like, you know, the movies a little bit, but it wasn't so yeah. hardcore, not like, you know, Will Smith and pursuit of happiness, but <laughs> yeah. we had a lesser degree and we're making calls and she was right next to me and this girl, I mean, she was loud. She was confident. I mean, she was so cool. Uh, her name is Jan. And she was just like, so I couldn't believe how confident and I'd be on the phone going like, um, and call me back when you have a chance, you know, and <laughs> yeah, she's yeah, like, yeah. 
you call me back when you get this. And like, she'd start like taking it. Like she'd sound, if she was calling someone who had an accent, like all of a sudden she had an accent and she was just like having yeah, yeah. fun. And like, she was just, yeah. I was like, where did you get this girl? Like she was totally confident. It's interesting that you said that just about your upbringing and being in the Philippines. I don't know much about the Philippines, but um, yeah. she was just like, similarly, like she really didn't care too much about what people thought. She would just be like out there. And I was talking to the ladies that I work with as financial advisors and women who are, who are, um, you know, doing their, their best in the financial industry and building their business. And I was saying like, what would your life be like if this is a silly analogy, but at least I think you'll, you know, it's not sports analogy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think we'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm the worst at analogies, but I was like, imagine you were a robot and you had every single human quality except for the fear of judgment. Like, what would your life be like? So you're totally human, except you don't, you just, you're a robot. So you don't actually have that, that fear of judgment. I'm like, what would your life be like? And they're all like, oh my gosh, we totally different. Like, it'd be so much easier. Like, I wouldn't be so insecure. Like, I'd be more confident, all these things. And I felt like Jan just kind of had that. Like, she just didn't have yeah. the fear of judgment. So she would say, call me back right away. Like, uh, and she was like closing business right and left because she was just going for it, you know? Yeah. And like, not to say that I was highly insecure because I came from like this uh, creative background and I went into an MBA program where everyone was like an executive. And I was like, what do I have to bring to the table? So I think like, obviously it's just, um, you know, what I realized is you, you stick 30 people in a room, different backgrounds, you're all pretty much the same, you're, you're people. And so I think what helped me there is really um, being in that environment and realizing, oh, you know what, like I do bring something on the table and like I can't do everything, but I can do this thing really well. Um, and you know what has worked for me i guess because that's just my personality i am very i have like a self-deprecating humor you know and so whenever i mean people tend to react that it, it, to that in it, it positively where you're just oh i can't do that you know whatever and then you know it just you know makes it easier for them oh you know let me show you this and that and right. so instead of you actually admitting like oh i suck or whatever but yeah so not that I'm not that guy. It, it was a lot of work. I, I still am working on it. Um, but like what what I, I've seen happen is like if you're just a, you know just be comfortable with with your personality. Treat people like they're normal people. They're not better than you or, or anything. And and understand what you bring to the table. Um, and just be honest with it. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, and how did you get, what did you do as far as like leadership in this FinTech or, or your FinTech companies to get more women, like more of a footprint of women in the, in, in, in these companies? Cause I, I think that it says here that you got 50%, you know, into yeah, yeah. presentation in two years. So I, I think it, it's really, you know, you, you kind of have to, it is a male dominated industry. It is difficult. You, you know, there are less women there. But what I found is that it, it's easier to kind of win slowly, um, you know, by, you know, I chose a company where, where the leaders um, said that they, they wanted to do that. Um, but like what I felt that, that what I saw that really worked and, and people always say this is you have to make emotional deposits before you make withdrawals. And so it's really taking the time to build trust with the executive team and really showing what you can bring to the table and doing the work um, to, to, you know, show that, you know, you can be, you can bring success to the company because that's what they care about is, is, you know, results and things like that. And so, and, and them trusting that you know what you're doing um, 
And from there, you know, it's just easier to convince people who, who uh, understand that you're their ally. And so um, from then, it's just really advocating for, for women in every little way, you know, giving credit where it is due and setting their goals very clearly because that's, that's really, you know, it's just making it uh, um, not subjective. Like, okay, these were the goals, as any good manager would do. That's kind of what you do to set your team up for success. Um, and so you just very, set very clear goals and help them along the way, and the rest is up to them if they, you know, do a good job. But that's, that's kind of what happened there. And, and you know, then 50% of leadership was women, 50% of the team were women. Um, so it just kind of naturally happened. But, awesome. but really, yeah, it, it's looking for that. It, it's you know, it, it's really building that trust, I think. Yeah. And also, you know, just like you said, they still have to step up, but they got to be good. Like you're, it's not like we're just, yeah, it's not like, yeah, you know, <laughs> it kind of is on us, you know, and that's why I say a lot yeah. with um, my, my belief around women in, in the industry is like, I want there to be 50% women in the industry. And I believe the way that they'll be able to do that is to be more successful. So we as individuals have to show that we have the value as well and stop playing small. Um, so that we can stay in those positions and be able to be leaders. Cool. So um, tell me just a couple more things. Um, if you, what advice would you give a woman listening to this podcast about growing their financial business, the woman's way? Any advice you got for them? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, yeah. So I'll make this as useful as possible. So in terms of um, just for your audience, it's really, really important to grow your businesses, to grow your personal brand. And so I guess the, the term brand has evolved now for it. It's not about your logo or, you know, that can evolve. I think it, it, your brand is what do you stand for? How does that relate to your audience? Who is your audience really working on that? Um, and that's kind of an ongoing process experimenting. I would say there are experiments that don't cost as much money. I think for the financial industry, what I've seen work is really doing more, you know, there, there's like, um, because fin fin financial products are like, it, you know, things like this, investing and all that, like requires a lot of education. Um, and so what I found that really has worked in the past for us is like a lot of content marketing. And I know that takes work, but initially what you can do is actually work with people who already have content, like, you know, all these bloggers or podcasters or, you know, to get yourself out there and build authority. Um, and there are ways that you can do affiliate marketing with them where, um, you know, you just have to draft this agreement of like, you know, every time there's um, it, like, there's no initial cost, uh, hopefully. And so it's like, you know, every time you get like a, um, a conversion, then you get this percentage of, of where. So I think it's really focusing on like finding the channels that have already built authority and kind of latching onto that. And then eventually you grow because it's the fastest and quickest way to kind of build authority is to have somebody else um, kind of talk about you and explain what you do and things like that. So that's one, one thing that I would say. And then tell them um, a little bit about uh, Rent Moolah and where to find you. And uh, we'll wrap yeah, up. Um, yeah, Rent Moolah, I just joined the company three months ago. It's a, it is a rental platform is the best way that I can, you know, so it's super cool. What we're really strong at um, in the beginning when we were founded was 
we are able to provide um, property managers and, and tenants a lot of flexibility in terms of managing their finances. So, um, you know, we have, we call it 360 degree payment options, which was kind of new back then where you can pay with pretty much anything, um, debit, credit, or, you know, um, bank transfer, digital wallets. Um, if you want to call over the phone, then you can pay that way. If you want to go in store, you can pay that way. So it really gives people um, flexibility there and property managers can like see everything in one dashboard. Um, so that was uh, how we started and what our strength was. And we saw that that was, we've grown so much during the global pandemic because now, you know, everything is contract free. Um, people need this flexibility. And so we've actually um, moved very quickly to launch new products like, you know, customer credit line for tenants so that they can cover, you know, it's a very customer friendly um, way to be able to cover rent. I know that's very difficult now. There's 21.5 billion in deferred rent and we know that this thing will take a while. Um, so things like that, and then eventually in the future, we're, we're offering like a full suite for property managers to manage risk and for tenants to be able to manage their finance, finances properly, like doing everything in one platform, having security deposit alternatives, doing tenant screening there, doing renter's insurance there. Um, so that's kind of what we do at Rangula. We're qu quickly growing, and it's a very mission. The reason I joined, it's a very mission-oriented company. We serve the underserved, and so... And we have a very diverse team as well, 50% women, 50% of leadership, a woman in the board. Um, so it's really good to be part of a company like that where, you know, you were trying to do, um, you know, at, at least use the platform. I'm not saying we're saving the world, but, you know, we are a business, but it, it, it is like a mission-oriented company. Um, so that's what I do. And so if you want to, if you guys are interested in that, just look up rentmoolah.com. Yes, any landlords, I know a lot of, women in the industry also are having yeah. as well. And then also yeah. something for your clients who are looking for a resource uh, for that as well. That's great to have. Yeah. Um, and so if you, you, anyone wants to connect with me, I'm on Twitter and LinkedIn. So just look for me there. My Twitter is miss Missy Galang M S M I S S Y G A L A N G and just my name for LinkedIn. And my, my Instagram is, just food. So I don't think that'll be useful. <laughs> yeah. Sounds delicious. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Anything else to add? That sounds great. Uh, no, I'm just, I, I love speaking with you. This podcast is great. I think definitely there's a, you know, there's been a lot of progress, but a lot more work to be done in this field. I'm happy to be a resource anytime. Awesome. Thank you so much. That was super fun and we love having you. So thank you for joining us. And those of you listening, come back again next time. Thanks, Missy. Thanks, Robin. Bye. Bye. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.